we are back. It's episode 55. 55. 55. We do it live. We do it live. Welcome back to Goodnight Harlem. These are your hosts. Avi Gott and Law Lebatard. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Law and Avia. Uh, we're so thankful to be here with you guys again. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, we know it's been a long time, but we just want to start off first by saying a huge congrats to our friend, our guest on the show for episode 49 and 50, Mike Holland. He just had his new bundle of joy recently. Right. Daughter number two he's on. Super happy for you, Mike. We're going to have to bring him back on the show when he's on three. Ooh. <laughs> Get some more tips. Let's start with Hyper Good Nights. For those of you who are new to the show, Hyper Good Nights are our way of talking about trending topics. We hype things we like. We good night things we don't. Avia, let's start with the big news with number 45, Mr. Orange Cheeto. A hyper good night to Democrats engaging in impeachment of your president. And I could start this off yeah, or you ahead. can start this no, off. Go ahead. Start All right. Off. So I want to do this because there's a lot that plays into this. If you do issue the impeachment, which they've already done, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, has already came out and said she wants to impeach him for what he's done. And for those of you who do not know what this man has done... <laughs> <laughs> what has he not done? There is a whistleblower that came out with a complaint, and they made that public uh, last week. And it was regarding a July 25th phone call that Trump had with Ukraine's president around some personal interests, including asking that guy about the unsubstantiated allegations of corruption vis-a-vis Vice President Joe Biden's son. So what he was trying to do, Trump hit up somebody and was just like, yo, I heard Joe Biden's son was in some shit. Now, that's not even just the worst part of that. He's basically, he talks about, they talk to one another, they, they have an engaging conversation. He's like, I'm really congratulating you for getting this. Because the White House ends up releasing the kind of transcripts from this. And the transcripts aren't direct transcripts. They're basically internet software that takes from the conversation and then takes what you say. And then they've kind of deleted things here or there. But in reading that, they were having a conversation. He was being congratulatory. And by he, I mean Trump. And the other guy was thanking him for that. And then Trump gets around to say, you know, we've given you guys a lot of money in the past, talking about Ukraine. And then he kind of halts. Now, he doesn't actually do the quid pro quo. And what I mean by that is to say, hey, if you don't do this, then we won't give you this. But as of right now, there is $400 million out there that the U.S. government has approved that's supposed to go to Ukraine that hasn't been given to them yet. So what Trump ends up saying to oh boy is, yo, I heard some shit happen with Biden's son over there. So let me know. Anyway, do me a favor, find out any information you can find. That's basically what he said. He said, do me a favor and let me find out some little bit of information that you can get. Because if it was some shit that his son did, I want to know. Because Joe Biden is the front runner right now for the 2020 election to go against him. And once the Democrats found that shit out, they were like, whoa, a little too much dip on your motherfucking chip. That's against the law. That is impeachment worthy because you cannot use... 
or utilize your power for that matter to go talk to a foreign entity to mess with our elections at all, to find out information or anything of that nature. Now, the problem with them doing this is if you go after him as the Democratic leads are with impeachment, the general public could potentially shun you and then that can actually lead to a complete landslide during the election if you guys are not able to actually you know, bring this to fruition and get him out of the paint. Mm -hmm. So it's a double-edged sword with all that. I set all that and set all that up to say around a hyper good night to this. I am hyping this. And the only reason I'm actually interested in this at all is because Trump knows he fucked up. Trump absolutely knows he fucked up. And he did not assume that there would be a whistleblower or anybody that's in his current camp that would have snitched on him. Because as of right now, what they've heard is that there has been multiple calls that he's had with other foreign entities and other people domestically where they put it in a secret server. Now, who's this secret server shit to remind you of? Because I feel like before Trump got into office, he was talking about somebody else with a secret server. Hillary Clinton, that motherfucker. Oh, the 20,000 emails. That whole no thing, right? Be found. So there's a whole secret server of calls and transcripts that he's had that are being covered up. And now Trump might be in the same situation that Hill Dog was in. And I can't wait to see how this shit goes. Obvious on you now. I'm definitely hyping this up. Uh, like you said, there could be backlash in the way that this all unfolds because if he does not get voted out of his current position, then, I mean, he can still run next term if he wanted to. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those tricky situations because two, only two presidents have been impeached and none of them were voted out of their positions. They were still allowed to serve their term. This is a problem. Um, so the chances of anything actually being done, to me, are slim to none. But what I do appreciate is someone actually taking action. Um, Nancy Pelosi taking action. I appreciate them looking into it because I feel like there's been so many things that Trump has done and he's gotten away with it. Fact. And it's just like, for the same things that he points out in other people too. So just like he talks about... Hillary's 20,000 personal emails. Ivanka Trump has several thousands e of emails from her own personal email accounts as yeah. well. So let's not forget that either. So there's so many things that he's done as a president that has been so hypocritical. And I feel like if there is one thing that he can get punished for, shoot, let it be this. Because he's gotten away with too much at this point. And anything to help Democrats win in 2020 is, is what we need at this point. Um, the only other thing I'm going to add to this, there's two major points that I kind of did, I left out and I should have like kind of initiated in that conversation. Um, one, the only reason Speaker Pelosi actually came out and said that she would move forward with impeachment uh, was because the people who are in those middle states that have won the Democrats, the House overall right now, basically told her, finally, they came out and said, Regardless of what's happening, we believe that even the people in our districts, those swing state districts, mm -hmm. would be, be would be willing to Vote back us doing this. Yeah. And if she didn't get that from them, we still would not see this happening. And the house, the house votes and, first and in this sort of position. The, the so. problem is when you get to the Senate, and it's all Republicans. Well, not all, but majority of Republicans. You have to have people that turn. And right mm -hmm. now, we've only heard of only one of them willing to turn so you need is a, it the whistleblower <laughs> you need a lot more <laughs> oh people. i guess we found out who the whistleblower out is now 
I do have a question for you before we move on to the next topic. Do you think it is wrong that the New York Times and or any other magazine or newspaper publication has posted the name and or who the person is that was the whistleblower? Do you think? Oh, that I didn't even know issue? that they did that. Yes, that's that's no. They should have never done that. They should have never done that because he asked. Is it him? It, it is him. He asked to be anonymous. Okay, I'm just. I just want so to. So at the point you where you're doing something for justice. And you're asking to be anonymous at this point, releasing his name is also putting him in danger to me. So true. So why would they even do that? That's messing with someone else's life. Like if you're releasing an important piece of information like that, that can change lives. To give you context as to where that person, like to substantiate what that person's claims are, to be able to be like, it's valid because this person's in this position. No. Because you don't, you don't. No, if okay. if, they, if they need to use a name to prove that this is a, this is a real thing, I, I don't think we need that. We don't need a name for us to be like, oh, okay, so it must be real. No, there's gonna be things that come out throughout this whole process that proves that this actually happened, and a name is not gonna do it for me. Okay, I would say. What about you? I I genuinely believe that it's not necessarily the right thing to do to release his name, but I also understand when it comes down to having credibility in a story, you want to be able to say. Hey, this person's this close to him. This is why this information is important and nobody should be ignoring it. If he asked to be anonymous, which he did, from what I read, yes, then yes. Th- that was wrong. Okay, very good. All right, let's move on to the next topic. So for those of you living under a rock, um, there was something that happened almost uh, 12 months ago to the day where Officer Amber Geiger uh, did something that I, to this day, am just blown away by. She went into a the wrong house and thought she was in hers, pulled out her gun and shot a man, a black man, by the way, killed him in his own house and thereafter has been living the life of a civilian trying to figure things out before trial. Now, I want you guys to listen to this because our hyper good night here is around Amber Geiger. So give me one second as we pull this up. It's Dallas police officer Amber Geiger weeping on the stand, expressing remorse for killing her neighbor, at some points breaking down. I ask God for forgiveness. I hate myself every single day. I feel like I don't deserve a chance to be with my family and friends. I wish he was the one with the gun that killed me. In today's testimony, she demonstrated what happened that night. I have my gun pointed. And I'm saying, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. She then described the moments after the shooting, insisting she tried to keep John alive. I'm rubbing his chest, just trying to keep him, just trying to keep him there. Under cross-examination, the prosecutor pouncing, saying she didn't do enough. Did you properly perform CPR on Mr. John? No, I did not. And you could have, right? I tried to do a little CPR. Then questioning her use of deadly force. You chose to pull your gun to level it off and shoot at Mr. John. I did do that. That was your choice. It was my choice. Geiger was also forced to admit that just two days after the fatal shooting, she was texting her married partner with whom she was having an affair. So as this family is thinking about having to bury their son and their brother, two days after the event, you are already going back to talking about getting drunk and doing sexual things with Martin Rivera. Yes, I did. Okay, so after hearing all that, 
and I know there's a lot to unpack there. Our hyper good night is hyper good night to Officer Amber Geiger being remorseful for killing Batham John, saying, I hate myself. Avi, you start. <laughs> I'm good nighting this. I'm good nighting. <laughs> like, I'm good nighting this whole thing. Her remorse, the situation, what happened, I'm good nighting the whole thing. Yeah. The girl, everyone wants to point out, oh, well, she came back from a 15-hour shift. Okay. And? Facts. You came back from a 15-hour shift. You went to your apartment building one floor below or above where you actually live. Yeah. Saw a red mat outside the door. That's not the same that's at your place. Right, because you don't. You probably don't even have a mat at your door. <laughs> a red welcome mat at your door. And that doesn't alarm you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't alarm you to think, hey, maybe I'm not at my apartment. You proceed to bang on the door, wait for someone to answer or whatever. I don't know. Her story has changed three different times. The door was ajar. She banged on the door. She uh, she mentioned that she was a police officer. What I, I don't know what her story is. It's just all false. And it's all lies. And then you proceed to shoot the man that's in his house, not yours. You know what this sounds like to me? What does it sound like? This sounds like a 2018-19 version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. What? Yes. That's what it sounds like. Goldilocks walks into a forest, sees a house, walks into the house, eats mama bear, papa bear, baby bear's porridge. This porridge is too hot. This porridge is too cold. This is just right. Eats up the whole thing. Sits in the chairs, finds a chair that's just right, finds a bed that's just right, and falls asleep in baby bear's bed. And the bears come back and say, what the heck happened in our house? <laughs> Wait, she's, she's here. The intruder's here in our house. And Goldilocks flees out the house never to be seen again. But she's painted as this victim. And speaking of Goldilocks, one thing that I mentioned to Law in talking about this is when Amber first got um, her mugshot taken, she had dark, mousy brown hair. Mm -hmm. And then when you see her in court today, she has golden hair, much like Goldilocks. And I was reading this thing online that said, it's simple. Geiger's defense team strategy was to soften her appearance and highlight her golden locks and daintiness, and it's a direct appeal to the American culture's propensity to come to the defense of white womanhood. Oh, it's yeah. a complementary tactic to the common character assassination of black victims we saw occur on the day of Botham's memorial service. Um, and that really said something to me. I was just like, just these slight changes in appearance affect the way that people see you. And they knew what they were doing. So the girl, this is what really boggles my mind too. She kills him in his own apartment. She was free that night that she killed him. She wasn't handcuffed. She wasn't taken to her precinct, nothing. All day on Friday. All day on Saturday, she was free. Girl could have gone out shopping. She had time to text her mistress, <laughs> Miss, guy she was cheating with. And then on Sunday night is when she's charged. 
This girl posted a 300K bond and was released and has been a free citizen on paid administration leave for the last year. And that's what boils my blood. But you know what the highlight is of this situation, if there is one? The highlight is, from what we've seen, her jury has been selected, and it's about five black jurors, five Hispanic slash Asian jurors, and two white. There's two black ones and two white. Two black alternates and two white alternates also. So I think that in this case, we may actually come to some sort of justice because it's been known that people of color can relate to crimes against other people of color, unlike right. our white counterparts who cause these crimes. Um, but no, good night to the whole thing. I'm like, I'm livid about this. This is crazy. So clearly for me, her being remorseful is a good night. I think the bigger good night for me isn't even just that she's remorseful, but it's more so her tears won't bring him back. Her remorsefulness won't bring him back. She made multiple decisions in between the time that she entered his home to the time that she killed him that went against proper protocol for those instances. We listened to a piece of audio, you and I, and the video content of it as well, that the the prosecutor was actually asking her real questions that she just didn't really have answers for. Did you follow the proper protocol? Well, yeah. And then he goes, well, the protocol is this. She goes, well, that's true. Well, did you follow that? No. And then from there, he gave her a slew of alternates that she could have actually, uh, actually done in that situation, whether it's call dispatch and they're two minutes away from you and they can come to help and call SWAT is again two minutes away from you they can come and help uh call the canines two minutes away from you they can come and help she denied all of those potential possibilities and felt like she could actually manage the situation herself which was unnecessary one because there wasn't an actual threat and number two um her saying anything to the extent of i wish it was me who died in that and i wish he killed me versus well that's you trying to play the victim mm -hmm. so there's all of these images and all this picture and all this content right now on the internet of her crying looking like a victim and that is something that i took away from twitter right away because in the first two hours of her being on uh on the stand we saw a lot of newslets news outlets pick up that visual and they were running with that as if she was an actual victim um and using terms like victim misunderstood and blah blah blah, blah to justify her actions and black twitter hold them solely accountable for that which made a lot of them either take down their posts or delete things and i don't even feel like that should have ever been necessary this shouldn't be something that needs to be left or right and then when i talk about being left or right people were making this about politics um we see black lives matter kill people every day and we're gonna let cops get away we're, we're gonna hold a cop accountable for something when she just made a mistake and i'm like wait what let somebody mistakenly kill you in your house how you gonna how's that your family gonna feel wild. how's your family gonna feel about that, that? Shit is wild to me can i can i also mention um yeah. they said that she was uh she took an eight-hour de-escalation training course five more five months before the shooting. Yeah. And the prosecutor asked her, what did you take from that class? <laughs> and she said, I don't remember. And one other point I wanted to make was that Law and I live in a complex in New York with like six or seven buildings. All these buildings look alike. 
all of them. My friends get confused, like where I live sometimes, they don't know which building to go into. How many times have you yourself gone into the wrong building or gone on the wrong floor and try to open the door to what you thought was your apartment and it wasn't? Once in my entire life. Once. Okay. Once. I was going to say zero times for me. It was just once. And it was because I went to, it was in my old, it was in the old building. I went to four instead of three, just because I pushed the wrong button. I got off, turned, wasn't looking, wasn't paying attention, and tried to open it, and it just wouldn't open. But at what, at some point, you realize no, it wasn't up, your door. I, no, but I look up, and right. I go, oh, shit. You're not go. banging on the door, no, right? I, I literally just went, oh, I got to go. <laughs> so then I, I just, I'm not going to lie to you. I just start running, because I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I don't it, that was what I was gonna say exactly. I don't know whose door that is so I just start running because I don't want any smoke I don't so what she did is crazy I think really what it boils down to is if you don't have an actual firearm on you would you have responded the same way oh hell no no and I can say there's been times where I've been tipsy, out of it, whatever, and I always end up on my floor at my door. No excuses. No weakness. All right, let's go to the next subject. Let's go to our favorite uh, multi-hair rapper of all time, Takashi69. Um, I'm not even going to get into everything here. Uh Avia, the hyper good night is hyper good night to Takashi Six Nine snitching to reduce his time. Oh, because he's gonna potentially serve a forty-seven year sentence if he doesn't say anything. Did Did they say what his time would be reduced to by snitching? Is it down to like something significant? It is potentially him coming home at the end of next year. <laughs> I'm a hype night. This what? Yeah. I don't even know if you're serious. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm serious either because I'm just I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk this out right now. You serious? Yeah, kind of. Oh, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. I didn't I know you were so. gonna say that. I think so. <laughs> go. What do you, What do you got? I'm hyping it because if I were him and I want to reduce my sentence, you're not about to say this out loud. Shoot, I think everyone would probably do this, and they don't want to say Obvious. that they would do it. Honestly, I Obvious. I do believe. Everyone, if this was their, no, if this was your life, honestly, if this was your life and you could either be 47 years in jail or come back to civilian life next year, what, honestly, I don't believe people would actually admit to wanting to snitch to save themselves. So he's doing something that a lot of people say they would not do if they were in his position. I don't know. I haven't been that bad to ever be <laughs> put into jail or anything like that. Oh, I've yeah. never been in a position like that. Let me let but, you know. All right, cool. Thank you, Kanye. Um, I'm good nighting it because where's all that heat? Where's all that energy? I'm more good nighting it than hyping it. Let's just say that. Um, where's that energy? Where's that energy you had on Breakfast Club? Where is this Trey Wade, Trey Wade, Diddy, all this? Suck my dick from the back. Where is that? Where is that? So maybe I am good nighting. The only thing that I'm really hyping is the fact that he's actually doing something publicly that a lot of people say that they would not do. That's it. And that does take a certain level of courage. I can acknowledge that nuance. But good night is you had all this energy when you weren't 
in trouble. Now you're in trouble. The energy is just gone. It's gone like your natural hair color. I don't even know what natural hair color you had, but it's gone. And if you're about that life, be about that life to the very end. Don't switch it up because now you realize this is real. And you, he was, the other thing that really gets me about him is that he was so like, he really thought that nothing could touch him. That he was never going to get in trouble. If someone was going to step to him, step to me, then what? And now the, the law has stepped to you. Bars have stepped to you. Your life has stepped to you. And you're backing out. So more good night than hype. So good hype. <laughs> I have follow-up questions, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my opinion, and maybe we have a dialogue about it because I'm really confused as to how you... Like, I'm I just, just thought it out just now. So, oh, okay. One, I'm going to good night the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's more so from the perspective of what he's been talking to the feds about. And then two, what this means for him long term. So I just wrote down a bunch of things that he's actually snitched and talked about Mm -hmm. over the sand. One, he pointed out for prosecutors that the gang members who appeared in the videos, because there's a full backseat video. There's a full backseat video of him being robbed. Um, He could actually testify who those two people were. Okay, great. I'm glad you know that it was two people from your existing gang that actually did that. Um, you are not a street person, but you claim to all the public that you were a street person. Right. No, you just happen to be around street people. Right. And even with you being around street people, there's strict codes of ethics and honor. And if you basically fuck any of those codes up, good luck. And what I saw from him is him getting on the stand and speaking to which gangs certain people are affiliated with from the rap world, uh, as well as what was happening to him that night of when he got robbed and etc. So watching the video of him getting robbed hurt. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't like him as a person. I don't fuck with him. But I don't like watching shit like that. Mm-hmm. And he's very much in that video like, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what I did, blah, blah, blah. And he even says the guy's name that is robbing him because the guy is, like, very much... Visible. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I fucked you up. What are you going to do about it? And it was more so a scare tactic to be like, we'll fuck you up again. This ain't that hard. So I said all that to say, here is a few of the things that he brought up. He lives that his former manager, Shoddy, uh, was a prominent member of Nine Trey Gang. And was involved in criminal activity. That is, I think, broadly, everybody kind of knew that. He claimed that the Ohio rapper Trippy Red, whom he got into an altercation with, uh, was, again, a part of the nine trade members. Uh, but belonged to a different blood set. He called out Jim Jones, a retired rapper, and claimed he was a member of nine trade as well. He alleged that Cardi B was a member of an unspecified uh, blood set. Okay. And then he also admitted that he actually put out the hit on Chief Keith in June 2018. Um, he even went as far as to refer to the Houston record label Rap-A-Lot as not a fucking gang. They are like a wannabe mafia kind of thing. And mind you, Jay Prince is the person who runs that. Jay Prince will get you fucked up. As we've seen. Right. <laughs> 
Um, so I, I said all that to say there is no reason for him to have ever brought up any of the stuff that he brought up. Zero reason. So it doesn't He's make sense. He's oversharing at this point, right. is what you're saying. <laughs> He's trying to cover all bases. <laughs> He's like, y'all want the truth? I got the truth on everybody. Your mama, but nobody's your daddy. asking for all that. Nobody. <laughs> nobody's asking for all that. So I'm, what, I, what I'm going to say on the, the end of this is now that you've snitched and now that the general public knows that you snitched, you cannot and will not be able to do what you were doing before. You can't move the way you were moving before. You will get your ass whooped no matter where we go. Like, it's not a smart thing. You'll potentially get killed over something like this. You cannot snitch. Those are street codes. And I understand that you're not necessarily a street dude, but the street code says you get your ass whooped. So good luck with that. That's it. You said you had a question for me? So my follow-up question was going to be for you. Do you. Are you not thinking about the idea that somebody's going to kill you when you get out of jail? If you, <laughs> No, seriously. And you know, that's actually a question that I've actually had throughout this whole thing. If he's so connected to the street and what the codes of the street are, it had to have run through his mind. If I do this, if I say these things about these people, what will happen when I'm out of jail? 47 years earlier than I should have been. What will happen? Um, I think that there's high possibility he could have get, he could have gotten killed in jail. And he's also made it very clear to prosecutors, judges, etc., that he does not want witness protection when he gets out. He'll pay for his own stab. Motherfucker, you already don't have any more money left. What are you talking about? And you think you're going to pick back up on your career. You are crazy. He's actually safer in jail. That's right. But he doesn't know that yet because he's dumb. So uh, our last hyper good night, something on a little bit less legal, lighter moment, <laughs> I guess. Nicole Murphy, ex-wife to comedian, actor, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Ever yeah, since yeah, their yeah. divorce, she's been on the prowl, supposedly messing with married men, a la Lisa Ray's ex-husband, the head of uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, she was actually seen this past summer in Italy with Anton Fuqua, a prominent black director who's actually married to Layla Rashan. Um, you know her from Waiting to Exhale. You know her from Boomerang. And she was seen in a couple of shots with a bikini on. He had no shirt on. And they were kissing. They were making out. They were canoodling, <laughs> as the magazines like to say. If you will. Canoodling in Italy. And so when reports came out about these pictures and they were plastered everywhere on the net, everyone was in shock because last we all heard, Antoine was still married to Layla. <laughs> and last Layla heard, they were still married too. Layla had posted a picture of Antoine as early as a couple months before that on her IG page. But after this came out, she shut down her IG. Um, everyone was looking at Nicole Murphy as the bad guy. There was a little bit less finger pointing towards Antoine, I guess, because this is expected of men. I'm not sure. <laughs> but Nicole Murphy had the guts to go on the Wendy Williams show recently, and she decided to tell her side of the story. I'm going to play a little clip of what she said because it is a 12-minute long interview, but I just want you guys to hear what she said about this whole situation. Supposed to. This picture took place in. Oh, that's his wife. Oh, wait. No. 
I know. I know. Trust me, Wendy. Trust me. I wish it didn't happen. Okay. Um, Repeat where I this should, Well, I think it was a moment where I should have thought more through the situation, um, made better judgments, you know? So it's something that I apologize for. What happened was there was a statement that was released. I did not put out that statement. I was actually on the airplane, and I was okay, coming wait. back from Europe. They were in Italy at a film festival. Yes. And allegedly... But I was out there for business. Okay, okay. There were some designers out there as well, so I was dealing with that. Okay. There was familiar faces out there, um, and it happened. I had a, Where did this happen? I was in Italy. No, I mean, where did that happen right there? Because you all looked like you just woke up in the morning. No, we did not. The body looks phenomenal. First of all, I was at the pool. All right, and then she goes on with her continuation of what happened. So I saw this and I felt a certain way about this interview. Um, but I want to know, hyper good night, law, mm-hmm. to Nicole Murphy's apology. Uh, I genuinely believe that no part of her is actually sincerely um, apologetic. So... On one end, I can understand why I would goodnight this, and that was where my brain was leaning. But on the other end, I really thought about it. She's a grown woman. She's just living her life. She's just having a good time. And it doesn't matter who is there. It doesn't. What? And and here's why. (laughs) Here's why. She doesn't owe that relationship anything. It was up to that guy. Antoine is his job to not actually go out to somebody else. So although she apologized, I'm goodnighting the idea of her needing to apologize at all. It'd be different if her and that woman that got Layla. cheated on were friends. They're not. She doesn't owe her an apology. She doesn't owe me an apology. She doesn't owe any of us an apology. He, on the other hand, has vows that he was supposed to hold sacred and do something with. And he did not. And that's where my brain is. Okay. I'm going to fully goodnight her apology. Um, while I do agree with you that there was a lot of heat put on Nicole Murphy in the situation and it definitely took two to tango. So there should be a lot of onus put on Antoine to, um, do something, say something like, like, what what are you doing? This is your marriage, not hers. Yeah. But that was my, that's my larger point. But I, the reason why I'm goodnighting the apologies, because like you said, it sounds very insincere. It's kind of like. Oh, I apologize, okay? Can we move on? Can we move on? She's like, oh, it's just a moment in time. That was just a peck. It was just, she's trying to minimize what actually happened instead of really actually owning up to it as a woman who knows that he is married because the rest of the world knew. How come you didn't? So um, I'm going to goodnight it. And another reason I'm goodnighting it is not to say I believe everything that I hear or read, but the brat said it, Lisa Ray said it, rumblings in the celebrity world have been that she is known to canoodle with married if men, you will. if you will, canoodle. with married men. That is her MO. That is her history. I mean, Michael Strahan didn't put a tracker on her vehicle for nothing. So, and that was her fiance. So, um, yeah, I'm goodnighting it. And I think that, yes, men need to be held accountable in these types of situations. But on the flip side, us women, we need to take responsibility for our actions. It's not just one side. You have an option to not engage. You have that as an option. 
It's not like, oh, this man, he's married. He should be respecting his marriage. But if he doesn't respect it, then I guess I won't. No. Be better people. Unless you want bad karma. And if that's what you want, then go ahead. Get all the karma you want, brother. <laughs> wow. What a topic. Um, uh, that is our hyper good nights for the day. I enjoyed the hell out of that. But we're about to get into the main topic now. Ooh. Story time with Law. <laughs> That's what it is at this point. Law has all the stories. Y'all know. I don't got no stories. Please. The last four I have, episodes wait, wait, have for been the record, stories. For the record, I feel like only probably all of seven or eight of our episodes out of the 50 are me with stories. Uh, y'all, can, y'all can listen to our episodes and let us know. But I love the stories. No, we love the stories. Okay, so... <laughs> Both of us have been away, and I think we've taken a, a I don't know, I don't want to say it was a hiatus, but we were away for a while. It was an unplanned hiatus. Right. Um, but within that, a lot of things have transpired, including the fact that I went away to San Francisco for a work trip. I got to hang out with some peeps that I haven't gotten to spend time with in a while. Was that your first time there? San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, Okay. I, I, I've i dated people in the San oh, Francisco ooh, sorry, area. That's a so. dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that one. No. Um, <laughs> how well does your podcast partner know oh, you? I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> All right. Um, Avia has also done Yeah, I was so. away. I was in Chicago, my birthplace. Um, went to some college themed activities yes she did i.e the howard versus hampton institute game which was at the chicago classic uh that they have every year was it at the bear stadium yes it was and it's so crazy because i'm you know born in chicago raised in the suburbs till i was 12 i've never been in the bear stadium until now like that was my first time being there so that was really special maybe it's just because football just wasn't interesting to you i i mean as a younger child i had gone to basketball games i've gone to baseball games football just wasn't a thing for me but like i said it probably it was, wasn't interesting uh yeah i guess that's what it is but i mean it was it was cool to be there for a different reason you know right. being there with friends this is the first chicago trip i've ever taken with friends and not just a family oriented trip because every time i go i'm with nephew niece cousins Sister, aunts, like it's very family oriented. I don't go to clubs or anything. So this is like the first time I've gone to a club right. as an adult in my birthplace. It was really fun. I went to like six different parties in a span of two and a half days, three days. Um, so yeah, we, we've been out here, you know, living our hot girl, hot boy summer lives. Oh, Law shaking his head. I've been living my hot girl summer life. He's been living his low-key New York City boy lifestyle. Please do not wrap me into this hot girl anything. Also, it is fall. so I can be a hot girl. Chili girl. (laughs) Chili girl 2019. What? We need a name for Chili girl. Chili girl fall. Chili girl. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that's that's not a thing. It's not. We we need it to make not. it a thing. Meg, hit me up, girl. I'll drive the boat. Or what are we driving now? Lawnmowers? What? What, what are we driving? And where did that? Why wait, did she say wait, wait, that? Why are we, what are we driving in fall? So confused. I don't know. I'm sorry. I leaf don't... blower. <laughs> I'm going to work that leaf blower, girl. 
Let me let me ride Drive, the ride line more. Driving the boat is literally me, just pouring liquor into someone's mouth. Let me ride like, the line more. Like what? Right. I'll ride it. No, <laughs> no you girl. got awkward there. All right. So. Pause the whole thing. So during during my stay in San Francisco, um, like I said, I got to hang out with a lot of friends. We had a lot of good conversations. I got to experience Was San this Francisco. Your best trip to San Francisco. It was probably like my second best trip to oh, San Fran. Okay. Second best. I would say that. Alright. I had a lot of fun though. I really did. Um and and let me let me just put this into context. One of my old coworkers who became a really close friend of mine, we've traveled the world together actually. We've done some traveling together. I shouldn't say the world, but we've traveled outside of the country together with other friends. Um, I went to go visit her and her friends. And so we just had a really good time. I get off the plane and immediately head directly to her place to drop off my stuff so that we can head to a party. And that's where I want to start well, my that story. That sounds like me in Chicago. That, that's exactly where I want to start my story. So there's a lot that we're going to unpack here, but I want to kind of touch on probably all of four or five things. And one being kind of the transportation situation, two being the party scene, Three being what is family to you. Four being kind of poverty and the state of it, depending on where you're at. And then finally, the dating conversations that we had, which were insane. So one, us going from (laughs) just her place to the party, I found out through that. And not just through her, but through multiple other people during throughout the trip. That there is a huge discrepancy between people using Lyft versus Uber, especially in San Francisco. They do not really fuck with Uber over there. Based off of things that have transpired with the company, right? And I had no, wait a minute, in fairness to me, I had no idea that that was still a thing. Like, I felt like that shit died and people were like, whatever. Because Uber in New York City is just a cheaper ride. It's actually cheaper than Lyft. So... I don't know anybody that's like, oh, I'm about to like get in this lift over there. Nah, no people people give a shit, and it matters, like price or not. San Francisco is the place where things just don't die. Yeah, like it's just like we remember everything, and we're still holding true to everything that's happened. Whether it's Islamic phobic things that were said during the times when there was boycotts at the airports either in JFK or any of the other major cities, when Trump came down and said, we're not going to let certain people fly into the country anymore. Uh, And Uber drivers weren't necessarily being as helpful as they should be in those situations. Or whether it's Uber's uh, old CEO saying things that he just shouldn't in regards to the LGBTQ community. Uh, Uber not having uh, the best response time or amongst trans and the LGBTQ community, um, and just not giving a shit in general uh, around you know the the passengers that they have, mm-hmm. or the workers for that matter. Right. So people had a very strong stance on this, and I was so confused. I was just like, wait, I thought price was the major factor here, and y'all just okay. People got real morals on these streets, and. I want to know, when you were in Chicago, did you see any of that shit? Any? No, I I found that Lyft was actually cheaper in Chicago than Uber was. And I find that going... Yeah. 
Going to I different don't... cities, I find that Lyft and Uber, they fluctuate in the pricing. So like out here, my experience with Uber and Lyft, Uber has always been less expensive than Lyft out here for me. Mm-hmm. When we were in Chicago, we took Lyfts everywhere. And um, it was so much going on in the city that it's just kind of like whatever was the best price is what we were going with because everyone was there for the same reason. We were all there for the Howard Hampton game and all the festivities and traffic was crazy. And so at that point, it's just like, look, we're looking for the thing that gets us there fastest and is the cheapest. And it always just happened to be Lyft. Yeah, that's the problem. That makes you anti-black. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Looping back to our last episode. Anyway, from there, we actually get to the party. And so when we get to the party, immediately, what I said when I got there, I went, oh, shit. This felt like the place that's in Brooklyn, the the Mirage. Brooklyn Mirage? Yeah, the Brooklyn Mirage. Uh It felt like the place in Brooklyn, but with a much larger space inside. There was an inside that is an old abandoned warehouse that they turned into a party scene. They have a con- uh, a stage for a concert if somebody wants to do it there. But also they have an outside space where if you want to have at it, you can do it there too. And they have DJ a DJ set on the inside, DJ set on the outside. There's a bar, there's food, and there's all this space to do whatever it is that you want. And you can smoke freely. Nobody gives a shit because we're That's in so crazy San Fran. Nobody right. cares. Right. And so it was just a different atmosphere but they were doing something mix-wise that I just hadn't seen us really doing in New York. And maybe you had a different experience than me because I feel like maybe you party more than I do over the past <laughs> couple of years. Maybe you're maybe. a bit more mixy than I am, maybe, Avia. maybe possibly maybe. slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's because I've been single this whole time. So <laughs> so wait, l- let me let me ask you this. Have you been somewhere? And I'm not talking about a New York standard mix where they're like mixing in fucking I never knew. Shut that yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking like this, about. You know what song is going to come up next. Yeah. Yeah. All the it DJs here. All the DJs here are not that good. They're all Whoa, so. Pr- I didn't say that. That is when it comes. I'll say when it comes to the black scene and the black parties and the black young prof- professional events, they all play the same mixes in the same order. It does seem like I, I know what song is coming up next before you even mix it in. Like if, if it comes to that point, then you're you're too predictable. You're not a good DJ. You're not flowing with the times. So what these DJs were doing was mixing trap with other forms of music. Okay. And blending them and then creating almost a new song. And then going from there and then interpolating from trap to West Coast. From West Coast to East Coast, and they were finding variations of things to connect with one another and creating songs over songs, and it actually sounded good. I was blown away. I was like, what? I've gone to a few parties where the DJs have been off the hook. One body roll party in New York, the DJs are amazing, amazing. And it's just like to me, a DJ will either set the party on fire or just burn the whole thing out. Like, and those DJs are amazing at that party. Another DJ who I think is good, and I'm not saying this because I'm biased, is my cousin, Mike Flo. I'm not biased at all to my family. Well, no, no, because my thing is if you're not good, I'm not going to point you out at all. But um, he's the official DJ for uh, Dead Prez. And 
I've heard him at different locations, not for them, but just his own sets. And he is amazing. Like he will put like an Alanis Morissette song mixed with a future song mixed with the whatever song. And it's crazy. One more person or one more group I should mention is Raj who performs in Black Fat Pussycat. Okay. Village Underground. Okay. So for anyone in New York, down in the um West Fourth. Vi- yeah, the West Fourth Village scene, go to Black Fat Pussycat. There's a spot downstairs called Village Underground and there's this band that plays and they mix like that. Where they take like the songs that you would never put together and put put them together and it goes. Right. Like I love that stuff. I was blown away. Really? Every DJ That's that because came you don't up, hear that in New York often. Right. Every DJ that came up were doing something similar to that. just goes to, that. to show how but bad everybody, it is but out here. Everybody was into it, though. And they yeah. were actually dancing. Yeah. Actual dancing. Like, not like, oh, I'm going to sit on Like, they were getting into it. And it was a mixed race crowd. Yeah, I was about to ask. It was a mixed race was. crowd. It was everything from Filipino to black to Puerto Rican to whatever you was could there think more of. of one race than another like slightly more like this is mainly this but we also have a sprinkle no of this. it was okay. everything That's it was cool. everything um i guess there was less white people that's what it Sorry. sounds like because everyone you mentioned Sorry. was a person of color up. that's fucked up it was less white people Why no disrespect that? white people that's not fucked up no, because how many partners are there where it's mostly of, white people and like two of, black people? <laughs> sorry, black people. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's not like they weren't being inclusive, but it, it was just less white. I think people. we're. I think the norm is we're so used to things being mostly white that when it's not, we feel the need to include in some sort of way, and I don't feel like we have to do that. But what I saw there was an age, like where I assume. I just, and this is just my own assumption, I assume that based on the music that was being played and based on who was going to be like the ending acts that were coming on stage, because a lot of the acts that would come on stage, if they weren't DJs, were like local um, West Coast or Bay Area artists, right? And so at the, towards the end, uh, I believe it was Atrax and somebody else who was like, you know, DJs who would you know, do music with uh, the likes of like a Talib Kweli and create tracks for them, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They were going on towards the end. And so I already kind of expected at the end of this, an older demo would be there, which kind of came that way. What was the age range of everyone there? It was like, it looked like 26 to like 32-ish. Okay. But like, like I said, towards the end of the show, that demo kind of flipped a little. And I expected that, though. Like, I'm like, okay, when somebody older comes on, y'all going to be like, The crowd's going to get yeah. older, too. And so he was playing like a lot of old mixes, but I'm spitting all the shit because I grew up with it. It's like a lot of 90s and early 2000s shit where I'm like, I'm, I'm here for this. And mixing all that shit with R&B. And I was like, this shit is fire. I don't know how y'all don't feel this shit, youngsters. <laughs> anyway. Let me move into the communal family aspect of this, though. So I was with my friend, and she is Filipino. I'm getting to engage with what her lifestyle is on a weekend, just any given random weekend. She goes, we're going to do shit like Filipinos this weekend, so we're going to hang out at either graduation parties or... And by graduation, I don't mean graduation from, like, just college. It's like, it could be... (laughs) 
graduation from uh, license, getting a license for this new job to get this new job, whatever. And so people would have group parties and blah, blah, blah. What was crazy is I get I go to the first party after the 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 main function event that we went to. I cannot stress this to you enough. The way that they are, where it it's not like each person is family, but they treat one another like family. There is like forty plus people at a house. It's a big big ass house party. There's forty plus people there. Everybody kind of knows each other indirectly. So when I come in, it's like, who, who, who are you? And they treat me like I'm family immediately. They're like, yo, who are you? Let's get you some food right away. They have family style plates, like those big ass, like aluminum. And it's like filled with whatever. Lumpia. It's like, it's like, I know you have some lumpia. They have, they have lo mein with chicken. They have uh, General Thaos. They have all this shit lumpia that if you want it. the Filipino if, if you wanted it, you got it basically. And so they're like, yo, you got to get in here and get some food in your system before you start drinking. You know I don't drink. But I'm like, yeah, you right. Yeah, you like, right. I need a second plate because I'm about to have a second glass of water. But what it, what it did to me, though, immediately as they were being so, they were embracing me so much, I started to like take a step back and go, why aren't we doing this more where I'm at? Like, what is the issue? What keeps us from doing this as a group? Like, I know I have like I was telling you earlier, like I have a group chat with like there's 11 of us and of the 11, a lot of people have family. Like when I say family, they have a bunch of kids. But why can't we do the same thing that they're doing and get up more often? Maybe it's because we don't have one central location that we can all meet up. That that's a big ass house that we can all go to and do it. I at. think that's a huge part of the reason. Mm. But but also, even if we have the big house. Let's say the big house is all the way in, you know, I don't know, Coney Island. That's so far away where it's like, man, listen, we got to meet somewhere in the middle. This ain't going to happen for all of us. But isn't it worth traveling that that amount of time to get up with everyone if this only happens every so often? Well, that's the thing. They all have cars. We don't have cars. Like I get that. But like an hour in the car, hour in the train... It's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the same thing. It is not. It's actually better in the train. I would think, because you can actually. Depends on the per- depends on who you ask. I'm just saying, because you can actually multitask and do things. You could watch a freaking Netflix show if you wanted to within that hour. And you don't even know the hour is passing, you know? Whereas in the car, you have to be alert. You have to sit in traffic, possibly. Like, there's a lot that goes on. I mean, you're exerting more energy is what I'm saying. Do but, you do that with your friends, though? Like, what? Like, the larger group of friends that you have. Is there ever, like, a big house party thrown or, like, so many people that you know show up to the same thing? Like, where it's 40 plus deep. Like, no, I've been to... Uh, well, I, well, let me let me say this, though. I've been to an event where you knew the person, where it was on a rooftop. We went to somebody's rooftop. There was a shit ton of people there. Shit With ton. With the 4th of July thing? Yeah, yeah, shit ton of people Right, there. right, right. So, that's definitely more than 40 people. Yeah. And so, what I'm saying to you is, does that... Why doesn't that happen more? And what do you feel like is stopping that from happening? I think it happens. It's just a matter of, do your friends do it? Like, my friend Courtney, she just had a baby a year ago, and her and her fiancé and a couple of their, like, closest friends, they throw a barbecue in Prospect Park 
every year. Word. Once a summer. Word. It's always like tail end of uh, July, beginning of August. But I go every year. Every ever since I've known about it, I go. And when I show you the pictures of how many people show up, it's a good 60, 70 people. And we, everyone's bringing things. Like, it's a very communal thing. Like, everyone brings something. But there's always enough food for everybody. Everybody's playing games. If there's someone you don't know, you get to know them by the end of the day. Damn, like, we need to get this popping. So, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, who do you know? And do they do it? Because there's way... I feel like in New York, is it's a little bit harder to do it because we don't have the space and the capacity. It don't even do. got to be a kicks and pizza event. We could just <laughs> throw the shit like, yo, let's all get together. Bring a plate if you can or bring a tray if you can. Yeah, let's get up. I, I'm all about that. I'm all about a house party vibe, everything. I think, I think space does play into it, but it's also about people that you know. Are they into it? Do they... Are they wanting to organize things? Because if you ask me... I am not into throwing things. I am not that friend. <laughs> I am the friend that will show up. And show out. No, I will show out. Yeah. I will show up. Trust and believe. Most times I will RCP and I will be there. You can count on me. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to flake. Nothing like that. So I'm one of those friends. I believe that. But I'm not one of those friends who's like, hey, I'm going to put together a get together just because. Like, I don't do that. I have friends. One of my friends, Kalila, she always Kalila. has... Do she I know like, this one? Uh, maybe. maybe okay, continue. I don't Sorry, know. I don't want to. Well, like even for her birthday, like she'll she'll do like big extravagant things, and people will come and like Super Bowl. Like it's just like she creates a space of like social socialness, social whatever, and it's 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 great. I don't do that. I don't curate those things, but I will be a part of it. So, you know? in, in closing on that note, though, before we get on to the next part of this, I think both of us should try to put more of that stuff together just in general like I we can agree. work together to like do that amongst peeps we know we can freaking have like, a good night harlem live and do that yeah we can do all of that i just um i don't even do things for my birthday so that just goes to show you Me like, neither. So I think that's what i'm saying like people that don't even plan things for their birthday some people plan a whole month for their birthday and like go to whatever you can that shit is mad wild it's a lot it's a lot or a whole weekend i I barely even do a brunch for my birthday like people ask me what are you doing for your birthday i'm like i don't know probably nothing so if i don't even do that for myself the chances of me doing it for others is like slim to none but i do agree that i feel like there should be more of that and if i can help facilitate that then i definitely will so let me tell you something that happened when I'm at the the Filipino family house. Fela, Fela. So <laughs> there are so many people. Um, of the people that are there, there are. It stretches the gambit. It is people in like, you know, general like work clothes. Other people that are in like casual shit. Other people that are in like skateboarder clothes. Other like. You name it, there is like a subsection of, of yeah, yeah, everybody's being represented. And there is a guy who comes over with his friend as we're sitting down just eating our lo mein, getting it in. And this guy comes over and he just starts chatting with a couple of the girls. And he's like, oh, glad to see y'all here too. We just having a good time. And he's very, very, very Bay Area accent. Oh, yeah, the whole, yeah. you know, yeah. you know that whole thing. Um, he's Filipino, but has very black features. Very like features. And his yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, whiter nose. Like 
he has like a beard in it and he doesn't have the same kind of hair that everybody else has oh and i'm like a little kinkier right and so i'm like oh i get it so his best friend of course wait wait. his best friend of course is black and so i'm like you probably got a black parent you know what i mean like yeah you probably don't want the black parent most definitely yeah and so but he's still connected to the rest of the group Mm -hmm. He comes over to me and he just starts dropping in bomb after in bomb after in bomb. My nigga, I counted forty-two niggas out of his mouth. Mind you, I don't even use that word like that. I don't even you you know me. Wow, that's not even something I'm like consistent. And before that, he was just talking to the people that were there who were all Filipino. Yeah, and he comes over to you and he drops the n bomb, just going in like oh, like trying to like get dab all this, and then out of nowhere he sees that I'm not really feeling the n bomb droppage because that's just not how I speak. Let me and guess. So, let me guess his next thing. He says, right. "Oh, I'm half black." No, no, that's not what he does. He goes, he stops, pauses. Mind you, my friend can hear him. The rest of the people can hear him. He goes, oh, I just, I I just want you to know I'm sorry. Like, if I don't know if you're offended. Like, he's like, I don't know if you're offended. He's like, that's just how I, he's like, that's just how I talk. You were talking like that five minutes ago. So what do you mean? That's just how you talk. So he's just like, you know. Hope you didn't take none of that personally. I'm sorry. That would rub me the wrong way. <laughs> Completely. Like, that's a bad first impression for me. So, he 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 walks away. Which, whatever. And immediately, my friends are like... They start chatting and they're like, Yo, you alright? Like, you good? I'm like, oh, I'm good. I just don't have that same thing that he has. Whatever that is, where it needs to be. You I don't do any of that. And... I speak the way I speak. I am the way that I am. And me and him grew up on two different parts of the track, basically. And so that's cool that that's what he does. So he comes back with his his black friend or whatever. And they're like, yo, you trying to get some smoke? You trying to get something? Because they assume that they could like just hang out with me and like shoot this Patch shit. Patch it up. Yeah. Like, oh, how can I make this situation better? Let me offer him a blunt. So I say, don't do they wait, wait, let me tell you. I say I don't <laughs> smoke. They take offense yes. to this. As if yes. Yes. you know me. You know no, me. I'm not agreeing with them. I'm saying that even when I tell people I don't smoke, and this is not in a Bay Area environment. This is just any environment. People take, they either take offense or they're very shocked. Like, there's not many of us left out there, out here. Like, what? Like, you actually choose to not smoke? Yeah. And I think in that scenario, um... I think what's funny is I tell them, I'm like, I have a lot of friends that don't smoke. I'm not the only one that I right. know that doesn't smoke. Right. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know anyone who, who doesn't smoke. That's usually the next thing that they say. And I'm like, well, because smokers tend to hang out with smokers because they smoke together. Bang. So <laughs> if none of your friends not don't smoke, it's because you guys have a commonality of smoking and... That you're gonna you're gonna click to whoever's the most like you like, that's just what it is. And I have friends who do smoke, but I mean that's a, it's just I don't know. It's funny. I get the same reaction. Just, so they definitely took offense to it, which 
You know I don't give a damn. So first, you know I don't give a damn. This is what's funny to me is the fact that he's dropping all these m bombs, nigga, 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 nigga. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm sorry if I offended you. Right. Then he offers you a blunt or something. Yeah. And you say no, and now he's offended. He has the audacity. <laughs> so that was gonna be where I was going. Literally ten minutes later to be like, I'm offended now. So take your offendedness back. Because I'm because, Then the offense came because, oh, so you can't smoke with us? Like, you got something against us now? Oh, gosh. Oh, he called you nigga again? No, <laughs> it, he, he, it was more so like, how could you... I I'm don't like, smoke, period. Are you okay now? Right, I'm like, I don't, I don't smoke with anybody, actually. It's not something I would ever do. After I've never you cleared it up, how did they re- respond to that? So he's like, oh, we got gummies. <laughs> Look, can You're I- like, bruh, I don't even drink. <laughs> How am I gonna go to a to a, a sober palate to gummies like zero to five thousand? Gummies are even worse. Oh, you don't smoke? Wait, I got wait. the alternative. Time out. Gummies are even worse because most times people are like, "Well, you should only take this amount," or you have to kind of like guess to see how much you can take. That's even more dangerous than actually like puffing or anything like that. So I'm surprised he would even suggest that. So. We get off of that because then I told him I also don't drink. Like, right. I don't drink anything. And then, then you know, my friend there. co-signs like, yo, he don't do none of that shit. Oh, he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know what? You know, uh, no uh, pressure, no pressure. Uh, you're like, great. I never felt any. I d- <laughs> Thanks for confirming. I was worried. 0.0% pressure on mine. So, we, we go from there and... He kind of just backs off the conversation. And then, He's like, I don't even know how we can connect. I'm going to connect point. this to the next day. So the next day, we're around a different set of Filipino people. And we meet another guy who's similar to the guy that I met oh, the day before. Oh, gosh. Is there always one in a crew? Oh, yes. It was a thing. He's a token black. So, <laughs> But he wasn't half anything. He was just Filipino. He was just like, yo, my guy. What up, my dude? Blah, he blah, said, blah, my blah. guy, my dude? Yeah, and because oh, okay. they told him, oh, he, he lives in New York. Oh, so, so he's, he's, oh my he's giving gosh. me all the New York, like. Yo, B, yo, B. He SP, did that SP. like three times. Yo, that's me, fam. <laughs> <laughs> who are these people? Do they and know so, who they are? And so I tell him, I'm like, actually, like, I don't I don't talk like that. And he's like, where you live? I was like, I live in Harlem. He's like, oh, come on, B, you definitely talk like that. I'm like, no. You know what I would have been like? I would have been like, you don't live there, so why do you talk like that? <laughs> Why are you talking like that? You don't even live there. <laughs> B, fam. Right. So I was telling, I was asking him like, like who did you grow up around? Like, give me any grew up around all black people. Of course, okay, naturally. Right. You just want to confirm what yeah. you're already thinking. Yeah, I was like, right. you had like, to. Okay. Obviously, that, that paints the picture. But it was good to like hear that. And again, how connected they are to the culture. Like everything that he listens to is shit that I would be listening to, and vice versa, and blah blah blah. But I was asking them, how connected are are you to the Philippines? And it's like all of them were like first, like first th- none of them are first. Their, their kids would be first generation. Oh, so they were like all they, born in the Philippines. Yeah. Okay. And they left when they were younger. So we were having a real conversation about what poverty means to them. And that shit made me go, damn. They were like, we just watched you see something drop on the ground like not even 10 minutes ago. And you're like, oh, I'm not eating that. And we were like, what? I was like, Yeah. It's fucking, the ground is disgusting. The fuck? He's just like, you, that's a different mentality. I'm not hoity-toity. I don't give a shit what none of y'all say. But if some drop on the ground, I'm not eating that shit. So did they eat it when, when it he dropped on the ground? He definitely would have. He definitely would have. Like, oh, it was like, if it was my have. shit, oh. I would have ate it. 
He's like, what makes you not care about food? I was like, it, okay. You, I was like, I feel like y'all took that the wrong way. It's not that I don't care about food. It's just that... I care about germs. Yeah. <laughs> Ger- no, germs scare the shit out of me. Right, right. They do. I, whatever. They were like, you never heard of like the five second rule or anything like that. I'm like... That's all bullshit. In New York, there is no five-second rule. <laughs> it's a negative five-second rule. So as it's dropping from your plate... That shit dead. You, that shit is you, dead. You can't even catch it mid-air because who knows what kind of air hit that. Like, But I also understand the thought like, wow, that's real Western shit. Uh, like, but yeah. is it... Okay, so let me ask you this because my thing is, have any of them ever been to New York or lived in New York? A couple of them have been in New a, York. A lot but of people San compare... San Francisco is dirtier. Dirtier? Oh, let, that's where I was going to go so? with this. Okay. That's where I was so going to go. I've only been one time. That's where I was going to go. All right. So, my friend stays in the Tenderloin. Tenderloin is considered the worst possible area to live. Really? Yes. Meaning? It would be what? like the equivalency of living in uh, East New York in Brooklyn. Oh, Canarsie. Right. It would be that Damn. here. And so, it's the area where What's it you're called? more than. Tenderloin? Yeah, the Tenderloin. It's, you're more than likely to get robbed. You're more than oh likely to get gosh. harassed. You're more like. This is the and friend I got you were staying see, with? Yeah, and I got That's to see that just walking around the street okay. when we got to walk her dog. I'm like, oh, damn. There's, there, there's always something happening. Right. There's like the there's so many high. people with mental issues that are just going around. There's so many hobos. There's people walking around like they're fucking the, the Charlie Brown characters with fucking just sheets on them. Oh, like just. Gosh. With bugs flying next to them and shit. People just taking shits directly outside of your fucking building. Oh, my god! Like, nobody cares. Whew. And then there's people that just sprawled out on the street just laying there. Like, just knocked out. There's no nothing. People who have built tents right next to your apartment. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, word? So you live here, too? <laughs> With, oh, you live rent-free. <laughs> I didn't even get on that wave. We live in the same... We got the same address. But you and I'm not making fun of homelessness, by the way. I am not making fun of homelessness. Can I interject one minute? Interject on. Now, if they were down the street in this Tenderloin district, mm-hmm. and they were eating something, and it dropped on the floor, would they eat it? On the ground, would they eat it? Yeah, they wouldn't care. That was the conversation. Oh, okay. Just making sure it wasn't tied it, to no, that. No, that's, that's the conversation. Okay. It's like, so you doesn't matter where they you're are. That, you're that hoity-toity where you're, you couldn't eat that off the ground. I'm like, yep. Wow. <laughs> and no disrespect Did to anybody. Did it make you feel a certain way that they looked at you like that and were judging you? A little. A little. Yeah. A little. Because you don't even feel like you're like that. Right. But, yeah. but it is my Western reference, and they're right. That's my own Western sensibility yeah. that are telling me, like, oh, you can't touch that thing. Wow. Meanwhile, they're like, back home, if something drops, you fucking eat that shit. We don't waste food. Damn. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So, me and my friend start talking about homelessness in general. And I was so disgusted. Um, Jesus and Meryl had made a joke, and she referenced the joke. She was like, if uh, San Francisco was a rapper or an artist, it would be Post Malone. That was Jesus Samaro's joke. Oh. It looks like it looks like it has the potential to be something more than what it is, but it definitely needs to be washed. Oh, dang. <laughs> dang. I mean, Post Malone does look dirty. He does. <laughs> and so it is. It is one of those places where I'm like, damn, I forgot because I've been there so long. Yeah. How how the poverty jumps out at you. 
It like I was like in New York, you do not see this shit like this. And when we see homelessness, it is pockets of homelessness. It is not every other block. That shit homelessness Millie rocks on any block in San Francisco. Wow. I am, but was it just the area that you were in? I thought that's what I assumed until we kept we kept walking through other neighborhoods. I'm like, I did not realize it got this bad. And she's like, yeah, we have a homelessness issue. And so I want to read a stat to you based on that. Uh, San Francisco reported 8,011 homeless people met the federal definition of homelessness. That's an increase from 17% from 2017. When looking at San Francisco's expanded definition, the city's 2019 total homelessness population has grown to 9,784, the highest in the Bay Area, and this is the highest it's been in more than 20, 30 years. And it says something. A lot of people can't afford the rent. She lives in the Tenderloin, and her rent, and I know yeah. I'm not supposed to say this on there, is $500 more than my rent in Harlem. She lives in a one-bedroom? Yes. Yeah, San Francisco's it's, more expensive I'm going to say this than, again. It's $500 yeah. more than my rent. Yeah, that's crazy. And the area of Harlem we live in is not... On that level of tenderloin, hell no, poverty level, hell nothing. no. I was like, I was looking at her like, bitch, I would have moved way the fuck out of here. I would have moved to Oakland. Oakland is where it's at. Oakland's kind of dangerous though. Nah, Oakland is not that dangerous. It's somebody saying Oakland is dangerous. Dangerous is the coolest of Somebody saying Harlem is dangerous. Well, I'm only saying Oakland is dangerous because my roommate in college, she's from Oakland. Mm-hmm. Well, two of them are. Um, and every single day I felt like she heard, she got a phone call from back home about someone getting shot or someone getting killed or something happening. So I don't know how much it's changed since then, but based off of her accounts and like things that her friends have gone through that have stayed behind, I'm just like, wow. That's wild. Yeah. Well, I don't have, so I don't know. I I don't know. So I've been to Oakland multiple times over. Right. But visiting and living are two different things. No, I know. But the reason why I respect Oakland so much is because every time I've ever been to Oakland and, like, been able to go around it, I fucking loved it. Oakland felt like a mix between Williamsburg and Flatbush. Hmm. Yeah, it it felt like that. So Flatbush has some, like... I'm going to have to go again because I didn't get that vibe when I went. Flatbush has some, like... (laughs) I got Flatbush, not I don't know about Williamsburg. Oh yeah, it is. I probably didn't go to that part of Oakland. It is like their their <laughs> downtown area is very much Williamsburg. It's very much that. Yeah, I didn't go to downtown. And so, you could afford to live downtown too. Right now, you could you could live down there. The problem would be, are you gonna are you commuting? Are you okay with that commute? Yeah, I would be okay like a month. Well, what's the commute? From you could Oakland just literally take Bart. You could literally take Bart. It's ten minutes to get downtown. Oh. So I don't understand. Wait, from where to where? Like if you were downtown Oakland, uh-huh. you take Bart, be ten minutes in to be downtown San Fran. Oh, okay. But people are like, yeah, but at night, do I really want to be doing that when I just want to be able to be in the city and walk around? This is where Lyft comes in. That's also facts. <laughs> that I, I, I'm not like, even. We don't need I'm to live in the heart it. of anything. Like you rather walk around. Uh, tenderloin district and then live in a safer place 10 minutes away by Bart like I don't know so okay I want to get to the final part and I know we're already more than an hour in and we've been the people have been waiting for this episode we gotta give them what they want so let's talk dating 
and San Fran. I had a very interesting conversation, not only with my friend, but I had a very interesting conversation with her friend. This in itself could have just been the episode, but I really wanted to like have this out with you because I know she's interested in hearing what your thoughts are on this. And I had my thoughts and during the conversation, I knew I became judgy midway through. Ooh. I, like I said, I had to kind of. At least you could recognize that about yourself. I had to kind of like apologize because I became judgy. Dang. So let me do this. Um, my friend's friend is really successful. She has a, a job that I could do this because nobody knows her fucking name. I'm not going to say her name. She's a doctor. So she. Oh, I know. Oh, in the Bay Area? Oh, I know who you're talking about. She makes, she makes a lot of money, lives in a very good area. She is popping. She got a ton of, ton of gram followers. She got a ton of guys trying to chase her. And her expectations for dating are very high because she has all this shit going for her already. So she ain't trying to fuck with you if you ain't got your shit going together, too. If you got less than 10K followers, don't even try and holler. No. <laughs> no, but um, I think the first thing that she brought up is when looking for guys, she's always... I know this sounds shallow, but you have to be a good-looking guy. And when she says good-looking, it's like eight or above. And when you put this on a movie scale, eight or above. Like the guys that you would see in movies is the kind of guys that she is attracted to. Career-wise, just have a decent job. You don't need to have the same job, level job as her, but just have a decent job, right? And then number three, she really, really would prefer you to um, understand and like things that she's interested in in a way that I went, oh, so, one, you have to have a general understanding of politics. Not everything that's happening, but just be know who the candidates are. Like, no Elizabeth Warren is running. No Bernie Sanders is running. Know a little bit about them. You don't need to know all that shit, but just know that there was, like, a debate the night before. Um, in terms of music, we have to be into the same music. Like, I need I need us to vibe. I need us to have that vibe. Like, I don't need you questioning why I like music. Like, so she really, really, really is into hip-hop. Like, okay. but like, let's say from 95 up, really. So like everything from that then on that has happened, that is popular. Okay. Whether that's uh, Drake, Migos, Kendrick, uh, Cole, Sean, whatever. You name it, she's into it. But if you don't know them, that that is, that is not going to work. Deal breaker. Huge deal breaker for her. Like, nah. Um, also, you have to have ambition. Now, I also get this. I don't want to be with somebody the same way that she doesn't want to be with somebody that doesn't have goals. And it can't just be you've reached this certain point and I'm complacent. She does not like that. That, like, is a turnoff for her. And she can't tell herself it's not a turnoff. But I'm like, what if you're always uber successful? What if you're an actor and you happen to have a big break? You did two big movies. And technically, you never have to work again if you don't want to. She's like... Well, do something else with yourself then. Well, true. I can agree with that. But if you already... Wait a second. What do you mean you can agree with that? If you like, have everything... Do something. Like, don't... But just, you already have all the monies. Yeah, but like, have a hobby and turn it into something. Or do a... Have a foundation or Even something. Even if you have, have all the monies? 
Use some of that money for good. Have a nonprofit. Do something. Like, don't just be a lump on the log for the rest of your life. Because money doesn't mean advancement. It doesn't mean that you're advancing your mind. It doesn't mean oh, you're advancing okay. your spirit, spirituality. You're not advancing right. as a person. All right, that's fair. You All could right. have a banging bank, a bank account for the rest of your life, and you're still mentally where you are when you were 30. Like, no, advance as a person. Do something. Okay. Fine. All right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> and then she wants you to have your own set of friends and not leech off of her friends. Like, it wow. can't be something where you no. are just like, oh, y'all going out? Can I just go out with y'all? Like, have your own. That's a thing for her because she's probably been through a past situation yes. where that's happened. Yes. yes. That's a very specific thing. It's like, y'all don't. It's like, we ain't doing this again. Because when we break up, you breaking up with my friends too. How about dance? <laughs> You ain't gonna be following my friends around. You ain't gonna be popping up. <laughs> um, and I think on a final note, she just wants you to have a level of fitness that is like you actually care. Dad you don't need to have or abs. You don't need to have abs or anything like that. But you just need to care about your body enough to whereas occasionally, like you do something that's active. And then there's the age thing. How old is she? She's thirty-seven. Okay. Looks like she's twenty-five. Okay. Because she actually works out. She, like, puts work into this. In fairness, how many 37-year-old guys do you know that are, like... That have all these things. Yes! This is a hard... This is why I have this conversation. I'm like, damn. Uh, okay. Does she care about if they have kids? No. She's okay. like, one or two is not bad, but three is, like, she's like, hmm. Even if there's three or two different baby mamas? No, she she made it very clear. She's like, when you get a certain age, you just have to understand that people oh, okay. have kids. Right. But she's well, just like, good. if it's more than three, I can't really. Right. Damn, you agree with that? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't. I would prefer to date someone that doesn't have kids personally. Oh, yeah, I forgot you said that. So yeah. if yeah, they do you, have you, one, you, you said this. Cool. Before. Two. Eight. All right. So <laughs> me and you disagree on this. It doesn't matter. So here's where the conversation got. Wild, because she ex- actually explained her situation. I asked her, I'm like, are you still seeing the guy you were seeing from before? Mind you, the guy she was seeing from before was super young. And on purpose, she was just like, oh, nothing's ever going to happen with this because he's so young. It's just he meets all of my criteria, but oh, he's wow. too young. Dang. And he he's like 10 years younger than her, basically. Wow. Yeah, that is that is. Crucial. So she's like, that's a There's crucial no age range, though. But in terms of being an eight, he's a ten. Like he has all the followers, all the shit that you could possibly think of. All the girls love this dude, so anywhere he goes, he's getting it from everywhere. And so she's like, "Yeah." And then the sex is bomb, right? So she's just like, "I have him off to the side, so anytime I want to engage." I can. That was a couple of years ago, right? Okay. And I was telling her, I was like, but if he has all this other shit that you want, why not just... She's just like, no, he's a baby. Does uh, does his it. age come out in interactions? Like, no, if he did, that if she matter. didn't know his age, would matter. it even make no, a difference? No, because okay. that doesn't matter. Because think about it. When you have to talk to your friends and you're like, oh, how old is he again? I mean, love. Love is love. That's no, what they say. that's what they a, say. Love a is a decade like, to do it to you. I know. I agree with you on that, but 
I feel like that has to be something she couldn't overlook. If he has everything You else, a lie. Because you would definitely not overlook that. I literally said this to her. I said this to her about you. 0.0% chance you are overlooking This is the thing, though. The difference this. between her and I is once I heard the age, I wouldn't even let myself find out that he can fill all these other boxes. That wouldn't even happen. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, she didn't cool. know his age up front when she was just getting to know him. She was just getting I know, to know but like, I usually, I usually know the age. <laughs> I don't know how the conversation comes up Usually guys bring it up out here in New York I feel like they're the ones that are like oh how old are you Especially younger guys Younger guys will always bring up the how old are you thing Because they want to gauge to see If you guys are the same age And if not then They make their commentary Ooh, I like older women Ooh, I like. Ooh but you know I'm, I love that's how we sound to you <laughs> Ooh, I like. You know my friends say I'm, I'm more mature Like they, they have to find some sort of justification For like or rationalize why it would work. So the age thing does come up in the beginning for me. But if if it came up and he was 26 or 27 and I was 37 or whatever the age was, I would not even find out all those things about him to get attached on that level of, wow, you have the whole package. I'd be like, all right. Er. So, so let me do this. I'm going to bring you into the real conversation. And this conversation had me taken back. She said, we actually end up dating. Like, I said, boyfriend what? and girlfriend. I was like, what? when was this? Did, was it Instagram I, official? Because I, I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. Was it so Instagram like, official? So, Since they're so huge on Instagram? No, she didn't post that because that's not something she would do. But they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, so you let your guard down. I'm like, okay, so wow. what happened? Were you scared? Like, what? what, what? And she was just like, he just initiated, like, yo, what are we doing? Like, why can't wow. we? Wow. Real boss man moves that over is. there. That yeah. Is. And she kind of shunned him for like four months. And then finally she caved. Because she was just like, she okay. She couldn't find anyone that, that was on his level. That's really all it was. Yeah. That's really all it was. Yep. And, and she even kind of admitted like, you know, there'd be girls here and there that'd be like, oh, can you hook me up with your friends since y'all just friends? And she'd be like. Hell no. No, bitch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> He's mine until I want him. <laughs> But he's not actually yours. He's mine until I want him. That's it's like what... it's like putting a coat on layway. That's so fucked up. It's like I want this coat, but not yet. The circumstance is not you right. You don't get yet. to have the coat. So I'm putting it on layway. That doesn't mean you get to wear it while I was on layway. So okay. Um eventually they end up dating. And after they they date for like, I wanna say, uh six, seven months. She does some things. He does some things. And when I say she does some things, she lashes out in front of his family member. And this was the start of kind of a crack in their relationship. Oh. I'm not saying it was her fault. But what she said, and this is where I became a little judgy and admittingly, she curses him out in front of his sister. Oh, shoot. About something really small. But it's because he just wasn't listening and... I, I don't know if he forgot something, but she was really annoyed because she was just like, yo, I told you this multiple times and you didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. And she just went in and just cursed him out in front of his sister. Now, I said, you did that in front of his sister and you thought that was going to be cool. She's like, yeah. So, of course, he broke it off. After of course. that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, because... You don't do that. Oh my I, gosh. She's just like, yeah, that's just immature. That's a very drastic move, though. You don't to, curse somebody out in front of your family members. But to break it off because think, of that. Think, think about what happens when you leave the house that day. 
So it's not like he just did it right away. It took him like a couple of days, but him and his sister talk. And I'm like, there's a level of disrespect that you showed in that situation that you cannot show him from the family. I'm telling you, I'm like, I'll guarantee his sister was just like, you bringing that shit on? Well, yeah, because what that kind of says is if you are okay with treating my brother this way in front of other people, there's no telling how you treat him behind closed doors when no one's around. Mm-hmm. I get that. Now, do I think they should have broken up? No, I feel like there could have been a conversation about the levels that they should have for each other when it comes to respect. But okay. So, all right. she He did a bunch of foul shit, though, in between then, too. So, whatever. So, they break up for a little bit. They get back together. They, they, they don't want to not be with one another. Aww. Well, this is the thing. This is why they ultimately broke up, for real. He cheated six or seven times. Not once, not twice, six or seven times. Throughout the course of their whole relationship, which lasted what? Uh, a year and a little change. And he cheated on her with six or seven people yeah. or the same person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what? Six or seven people. And they're all Instagram people too? Some of it was, three of them were through online. What? And he, she caught one of the girls in bed with him and that was what did it. <gasps> Wait, time out, time out, time out. I was not expecting you to say that. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Wait, wait. Two of the two or three of the girls were from online. Like he met them through DMs. Yeah, uh-huh. and she found that out and took screen captures because she was able to get into his phone. Okay, and mm-hmm. then one of those girls, or one of the girls in general, was in bed with him, and mm-hmm. she walked in. Yeah, and so that's how she found out that he was cheating initially. She walked in. In on him being in bed with someone, and then everything else came after that, or as far as the information came. So to the her first after? thing that she saw, and this is when I told her was wild in the first place. Women pay attention to behavior. So if you stop calling at the same rate, if you stop texting yes. at the same rate, they pay we attention to that. And so yes. she felt something in her soul, and so her first inclination was to go to his place. She staked out like a fucking detective in between cars. And waited for him to come home mm-hmm. from a party. And mind you, the party was a day party. So he comes back home like 7.30. He gets there. He's by himself. He's grossing. And then all of a sudden, another car pulls up. It's his friends, group of guys, dropping a girl off to his place. What? She goes in. He goes in. And they don't come back That's up. some real Tristan Thompson t- type of stuff right? I ever heard. Okay. And so she goes, oh, that's wild. So she goes creeping around to find out what the fuck is going on, going towards his window kind of shit, just to kind of see through, and notices that they're just having a gay old time in there. They're not having sex, okay. but there's enough for her to go, okay, now if I call him, his behavior better not fucking be different. Oh. She calls, he's not answering. Calls an hour later, not answering. Finally, the next day she calls him. And he's like, yo, what's up, man? I feel like I got like two missed calls from you last night. What was going on? You all right? She was like, wait a second. You checked your phone to see that I had missed calls, but you didn't return the missed right. calls. Right. You're waiting for me to call you again right. for you to ask me if I'm so all right. just like, oh, what was That's up? Like, up. what was going on? Are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. He's just like, oh, no, you know, it's just a crazy night, wild night. You know, having a good time with the guys. You know, that's all. With the guys. With the guy that happens to have a vagina. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So, okay. That was her first. And she's just like, oh, you lying to me. 
So let me gather more evidence. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's when she do. starts to go through his IG, and that's when she finds shit on IG. And so she's like, oh, he been getting numbers through IG. What How did she get fuck? into his IG? Through his phone? Yeah, directly through his phone. Okay. And so she sends herself to screen grabs. She's like just adding up evidence, evidence, evidence. Which I'm like, why are you doing all this? Why don't you just address that one thing that you already saw? This doesn't even make sense to me. Uh, like, why do you need to like... I think it's a DNA thing in us. That makes it. no sense. I, we're, we're like we're like innate lawyers. Like, we need to have No, everything. you don't. You no, just go address I'm, him. I'm telling you. This is not something we can control. Yes, this you is, can. No, also ridiculous. This is how we are. It's like we see one thing and we want to make completely sure that when we address you with this thing, we have everything laid out so that you can come back to us with either the truth or a lie that doesn't match up to the evidence that's being presented to you. Yeah. And we can know exactly what to do with that. Because if we come with, if she were to come with that one thing of, yeah, so I saw a girl go into your house and then she just left it at that. Like she didn't do any more investigation after that. He could create so many lies from that. He so? could create so many lies that doesn't really give her the concrete. Why didn't you, you answer your phone? The concrete facts. Why didn't you answer he your phone? He was with phone? the guys. No bullshit. That's what he I said. know you weren't with the guys. So now what? That's the conversation to have right then. I that was next with the day. guys because in his mind he's thinking there's no way you can prove I wasn't. A guy. You was bring thinking, up that you saw her go in and then there. He's like, oh, that girl. Man, she she had to go. That's my no, that's see, my friend's girl. She had to go pick up his da 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 da. He can make up a story right then and there if something doesn't add up to her, and she brings it up to him. Concrete facts to show that hey, I know this information. The guy can always think of something on the fly all right. that, that kind of appeases her in that moment. So she wanted to make sure she had everything to the point where he couldn't even say, no, that didn't happen. All this ends up leading to down the road, not even a month or two later, uh, her just popping up at his crib one day and just kind of getting the door open, going in, and then seeing him with another <gasps> woman. So then that kind of led to them oh breaking up, gosh. right? So they break up, and they haven't been together in like a year and some change. He's dated other people. She's dated other people, but not in a serious relationship. So I asked her a direct question, and this is when it becomes a little tossy turby. I said, do you still care about him? She says, no, not in that way. But I'm like, okay, if you were out, like if he was at this party right now and you saw him talking to another girl, are you jealous? She's like, fuck no. I was like, okay. I'm like, do you still sleep together? She's like, yeah, sometimes I'll call him for a booty call. What? I'm like, and he's okay with you calling him for a booty call. She's no. like, well, I mean, I don't really care if he's okay with it because that's all it can be. I was like. She's still giving him something though. But I was like, yeah, but. I was like, wait a second. He, he thinks of this as a booty call too, right? She's like, I don't care. I'm like, there needs to. Okay. You can't say you don't care because his opinion does matter on that. Because if he thinks of it as it more. It doesn't matter to her. Yeah, that's all wild. I'm like, because if he thinks of it as more, then. She doesn't care what he thinks at this point. She's like, you did your dirt. I'm not going to be with you. What I don't understand is why she's keeping him around as a booty call. To me, you're still giving him something that he doesn't deserve. And that was, wait, and that, that's another thing, though. But it's because the sex is that good. Wow. Wow. 
So the girls out here really stigmatized. Wow. And so instead of just losing out on good sex when she when she meets other people, it's like I always have this in queue in case I need it. Like if I can't get the right fix from this, I can always go back to that. And so then I ask her, I'm like, that's all it means to you. It's just sex. I'm like that's I don't know how you turn that off. She's just like, what do you think women have to hold on? I was like, I didn't say that. I didn't say anything about Man being a turn woman. It off. I didn't. I didn't say. Any, by the way, I didn't say anything about being a woman. I, I that's not the conversation I'm having. More so, how are you just completely turn it off if y'all was in a serious thing and you got hurt? So then I ask her. I'm like, after y'all have sex, do you hold one another? She's like, oh, that's personal. What? Wait, what's personal? She doesn't. Whether or not we she, hold one another after the fact. She spoons. I'm like. Fam, wait. So that means yes. <laughs> Fam, wait a second. Because wait, if if you didn't spoon, then you would just say no. But because you do spoon, it's personal. So that means So yes. I said, okay, let me ask this another way since that's personal. Does he ever, or do you ever spend a night at his place after the sex? I still feel like that's personal too. So I was like... I'm taking away from both of these things that this is a yes. yes. And at the they, point they that you can talk about sex, but you can't talk yeses. about the sleep or spooning, wild to me. It's because cuddling does have correlation to more than just physicality. It's more of a mental, emotional connection. Facts. My follow-up is, do you ever just, I don't know, go to out to dinner with him or lunch? She's like, no. That's not okay. Not acceptable. It's not a booty call. I'm like, but wait, if you spoon or you lay up with each other, that's booty callish. Wait, she's saying what's not a booty call? Like, if if we were to go out to lunch or dinner, it wouldn't be booty call anymore. That's a date, right? And so then she's also saying, at the same time, it's fine that we spoon. No, it's fine that we. I'm like, no, no you're crossing the lines. It's, no, you're making it very gray area ish. I said that. So then I said. And this is what did it. This is what tripped our entire conversation. I said, if tomorrow you found out he was engaged, would you be hurt? She's like, damn, that's a tough question. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> You're like, either yes or no. <laughs> yeah, that's not a tough question. She's like, maybe a little. I'm like, a oh. Little? I said, I thought you ain't had no emotions for this nigga. Because clearly that's emotion. Right. You don't care unless he's engaged. So I'm like. <laughs> You love him. She's like, oh, get it. She goes, oh, you extra. You extra. And she goes into all defense mode. I'm like, you do. And like everything that you just said, the fact that you would care that he was married, the fact that you still want to hold, be touched, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how often do you text back and forth? She's like, I don't know, three times, four times a week. I was like, how often do y'all talk on the phone? Maybe once a week. I'm like, how often do y'all see each other? And she was like, that depends on if I want a booty call or not. Like, I'll hit him up when I'm, like, feeling it. It could be once every two weeks. It could be once a week. It just depends. And I was like, <laughs> You want that old thing back? <laughs> you want that heroin track? Why does she want him back considering what he did to her? Because I think in her mind she's trying to tell herself, I can do right. this booty call thing and I don't care what he thinks right. it is because it's not that... And who cares about his feelings at this point? I'm going to do me. Right. But you're doing you, but it's including him. 
And so now at this point, you're not really doing you. It's it's you're you're involving your past into doing you, and that's not really doing you. All the facts. All the facts. She doesn't want to put herself in a situation where she's hurt again. That's what it is. She wants. It sounds like she wants him back, and she wants what they had back, and she wants. In a perfect world, they would be together, and they wouldn't be this thing that's holding them from each other. I.e. his cheating and his, you know, his past with her. But I think for her, she knows that that's not the best thing because if he cheated on her before, she knows he can do it again and she doesn't trust him. Wow. She only trusts him enough to be what he is to in her life right now. And this is my final question on this. And this is what I want you to close out the show on. If it was up to you, would you ever see him again? In any capacity. If you if you got cheated on and blah blah blah, just yes or would you ever see him again in any way? I don't care whether it's a booty call, it's a phone call, it's a whatever. You got cheated on, you got dismissed, you got disrespected. Would you ever want any form of see relationship? See him as with far him? as like see him like make a plan to hang out with mm-hmm. him or whatever. Any of it. I know myself and myself at my age. The only way, the only way I would ever see him again. He would have to initiate it, and I would have to feel like I did not get any closure from our situation. Okay. Meaning, like, he cheated on me, things ended, and I felt like, damn, everything's over, and I have no answers, I have no whys, no, 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 anything to fill the void of what has just ended type of thing. Right. So, for me, I'm the type of person, I have to have closure. It's hard for me to, like, even close something on my own without that closure already in place. So I would only meet up for closure purposes, but not to entertain. Right. And this is me saying I'm not in this situation. It's easy for me to say, hey, I have no feelings attached to this. So I don't want her to feel like she is dumb or making the wrong move or whatever the case is. Because when your emotions are in place, you do things that maybe aren't the smartest thing. And sometimes listening to your heart does not lead you into a place where you need to be. But... um, I would only do that for closure, but I, I don't think, I doubt highly that I would have him as a booty call. You don't right. deserve that privilege. Right. You had six to seven girls as booty calls while we were together. Seven. Seven girls while we were together as booty calls. So why would I even give you the privilege of being my booty call? Like, yes, sex is great. Great. You still don't get that privilege. She feels like I'm not going to punish myself and and prevent us from having sex again and me not finding another person who can get me off the way that he does. I'm not going to punish myself for his transgressions, so I'm going to keep him around. And I'm going to do with him whatever I want to, and I'm going to get mine. Who cares what he feels like? This is his punishment. He can want a relationship all he wants to, but I'm going to do me. That's what she's thinking. She's thinking that she's taking matters into her own hands, and she's now in control of the situation. But I don't know... How much in control she is because right. her emotions are still there. And that's what trips you up. Avia left your asses with these bars. Oh and ladies God. and gentlemen, that is our episode for the day. I hope y'all enjoyed that shit. You can catch us on SoundCloud. You can catch us on Instagram. iTunes. Instagram. You can DM us. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>